jump into this message this morning. I'm uh, excited to, to share it with you. I think it's a, a timely message. And, uh, you know, I thought, you know, we've been in this series for some time. And I began to think, you know, should we, should we shift and do something? I thought, no, God, your word is true. And your word has application. And so many times as we've gone through this, uh, as we've preached through books of the Bible, where we just take verse by verse as they come, uh, we find that verses show up at the right time in our circumstances. So uh, we're going to continue this series with our fourth sermon this morning. Uh, again, if you've missed the last few, you're on our YouTube channel. All of them are archived there. Uh, our, our YouTube channel is called Faith Life Podcast. You can also find that on the Apple Podcast and catch all the previous sermons. Uh, I'll say there's one on there uh, that came from Wednesday night. Adam shared with the University of Pikeville baseball team. We hosted all of them here and fed them dinner Wednesday night before uh, it really all went crazy. Um, and uh, did a great message called Bigger Than Baseball and uh, shared just how God worked in very practical things in his life to show him what's more important. I encourage you to check that out uh, over this week as you're looking for places to dig into God's word. Um, but this morning we got a message called Difference Makers. As I read through this passage uh, the, and it's a very popular passage called Salt and Light. Well, maybe you're heading in your Bible. If you have your Bible with you, you can turn to Matthew chapter 5. Um, but it's called Difference Makers, and it's, uh, 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 that's the title that I've given it. Um, and I was thinking as I was reading this, I was thinking about our team uh, where I work at SOAR. And we've got a team of about 11 people there, employees, uh, that, by the way, now we have all put on remote work for the next two weeks. Thankfully, we can do that, cancel all of our events. Um, so we're, we're doing our best to be a part of the solution uh, to the challenge that we're all in. But I remember when uh, we hired several of them uh, oh, about a year ago, and I remember sitting in the room with them, and I remember what I asked uh, from them. Uh, it, my, my, my ask was this, was we're going to do this work for the next 12 months. You're going to be out working, you'll be meeting people, you're going to be doing things. Um, but what I feel like we're called to be your leaders. And so what I, want, what, what I want you to be able to do is after 12 months, I want you to be able to look back and say, where did I make a difference? Were things, are things different for people? Did we serve people? Did we serve the community? Are things better? Are things different because we existed? And try to think about that each day. Am I going to make a difference today? I think this is what Jesus is speaking to here. The heart of what he's saying here when he says that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world uh, is that we should make a difference. And I may ask that for each and every one of you. I ask it for myself. Uh, has my faith made a difference in the people around me? For the last week, the last month, the last 12 months, has it made a difference? Uh, you know, Jesus says, you know, on one level, right, he's talking here as he's giving his Sermon on the Mount to his disciples. And as disciples or followers of Christ, there's really, there's two things. One, we're really not different from the rest of the world, right? We're, we were still broken in sin. We're still human. Um, and, uh, you know, we're still part of a fallen world. We're born into sin. We're broken just like everybody else. Uh, but at the same, right, he says that we are different because by our faith through grace, we have been changed internally. 
And so he starts out with that little bit of contrast. And uh, as I was reading through this, I, and I've always been someone who felt like faith should work. Like once God gets in, you need to go do more works and better deeds and be a better person so you can be a Christian. And you all hear me say this over and over. Uh, but I believe that's the, not the way it works. I believe the way it works is God changed our heart. And because our hearts change, it overflows into our deeds and works. Jesus has been saying this the entire time on the Sermon on the Mount, right? You're, th this is not about what the Pharisees are doing where they work so hard to look righteous on the outside, externally, to look like they're doing everything perfect. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He goes on, uh, and we'll get to this later, but he goes on and says, it's not just murder that's wrong, it's the anger in your heart. And so he's getting to the core of who we are and what we are. And it goes even deeper this week. Because uh, are we difference makers? And we're going to dive into that in just a minute. I did ask, uh, oh, I started this each, uh, I've used this in each um, sermon so far just to give us a perspective. This is a, a, a picture uh, of the Sea of Galilee, a likely spot, a uh, very similar spot that Jesus could have sat and taught his disciples. Again, I think it just helps us get a frame of reference. Uh, and remember, when Jesus was teaching these things, when we read these verses, he was sitting on the side of a hill with his closest followers, his disciples, disciples teaching them the core values, teaching them at the foundation of how he was different, a different prophet than they had ever seen before. Um, so I asked the, the question last week that said, uh, do we care? Do we care about those that are in need around us, those that are struggling? And on my heart, as I went through this week, I thought there's really a follow-up question to that. There's really a follow-up question to that that says, not only do we care, but do they know it? Not just do we care, but do they know it? I hope you see the depth and the difference of that because so many times we say, yeah, I care about our neighbor. It's totally obvious. Of course I love my neighbor. But when you get to the heart of the question and say, have, has your life, has your deeds, has your works, has your attitude, has the way you've communicated, if I went and talked to your neighbor, would they say, that person loves me? And I don't know about for you, but that kind of cut to my heart. Yeah, I care, but would everybody know it? Would everybody know that I care? So let, let me let you just settle on that question as we prepare to read this scripture uh, this morning. We're going to take it a little bit at a time. Um, here in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13, uh, he says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Pretty strong words. Uh, and then here in Matthew 5, 14 through 15, he says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In these three verses here, really broke down two things. Uh, I, I want to say that, um, that we find here that the church exists for the world. I never really thought about it that way. Uh, but here, what he's teaching, uh, he teaches us two truths about us. If you've ever wondered, who am I, what am I, 
uh, and uh, you're asking those types of questions. Uh, Jesus starts out here with just this truth. I can tell you two truths about you right now if you're a child of God, if you put your faith uh, in Christ. Uh, not you should be like, not uh, think about this. You could be the light of the world. No, Jesus says you are the salt of the earth. That is your maker speaking to you, not asking you if you're good enough, not measuring you up. Your identity in Christ because you have become a child of God, because you've given your heart to him. He says, my church is the salt of the earth. So he starts out talking about identity. He doesn't start out with behavior. He doesn't say you should be like salt. He speaks truth and says, you are the salt of the earth. That's true about you. It's true about me. He also says that we are the light of the world. Aren't you glad that that's just, uh, man, he just starts with not this list of rules you got to do. He says, you have faith in me. You believe in me. You're part of my kingdom. You are the salt of the earth. And you are the light of the world. And he teaches a little bit about each of those. He's using um, kind of illustrations or comparisons. And so we can look at salt of the earth. And he says, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything. I mean, if salt doesn't taste like salt, you can't really salt salt. Say that three times fast. Um, and, and, but he's speaking here to this time and this generation. Uh, and this is some of the things that they would have thought of when they thought of salt and what it would have meant, the character. This is getting to who we are in him, not who we should try to be, but we have access to this because we have our faith in him. Um, we find that salt preserves, right? Um, yeah, we were just, uh, yep, we walked by one of our neighbor's houses one uh, yesterday, I believe, and they were talking about their garden and all the things they had put up. I'm not going to say their name so you all won't be chasing them down, trying to find food if this thing gets crazy. Um, but they had all this, uh, this preserves. Some of my favorite canned foods are pickled things, right? Pickled things uh, last forever. My favorite is pickled corn. Yep. And uh, pickled corn. I love pickles. I love pickled corn. I love kraut. But my papa, when I was little, uh, when I'd get home from school, I'd always come to their house first. And I'd come up the driveway, and they'd have he'd have his garage open. And uh, I remember in the they call it the pump room where they had a, a water pump and a water softener. Uh, he always kept uh, during the right time of year a five gallon bucket of pickled corn on the cob. And I remember I'd go in and uh, and and he always took like this nasty rock and he'd have a plate on top of the corn and a rock on this plate. Never thought anything about it. Um, but I dig that out. I mean, scrape the mold or whatever it was to the side and dig out a piece of pickled corn. It hadn't been refrigerated. Um, it just, and, and, and it lasts forever. I don't know if it ever goes bad because salt has the ability to preserve Salt is distinctive. It's probably one of my favorite, uh, you know, it's, it's my go-to uh, thing to, to flavor and add flavor to food. Probably not great for my health necessarily, um, but, you know, uh, I love salt on food. It's distinctive. Nothing else tastes like it. It's not the same. Uh, one time Beth made, I mean, she makes these rotisserie chickens all the time in the, the oven, right? She, uh, she, or in the crock pot, she'll take a whole chicken, and she's tried all these different rubs and flavors, 
and, uh, and, and I always think, it's good, this is good. Well, one time she made this when I came home, and uh, she, I came home, from, and we were eating dinner, and I was like, this is the best one you've ever made. I mean, this has to be so creative. What did you do? What did you put on this one? And she was like, salt and pepper. <laughs> oh, so, but, but salt is a distinctive flavor. And so should God's church. It penetrates, is able to cut through many other flavors and tastes in food. And you can taste it. Mark chapter 9 added, uh, when Mark kind of covered this story, uh, this part of Jesus' teaching, uh, he included this line in there that says, uh, yeah, you, you are the salt of the earth because you should have salt in yourselves. That we are not the salt. We are not the preservative. We are not distinctive in and of our own self, but it's because Christ lives in us. The second thing he says we are that is true is that we are the light of the world. And uh, you, we sing this song all the time with Rosie when she was little and with the kids, uh, this little light of mine. And we talk about how you shouldn't hide it under a bushel. And that's, uh, that's right here in the verse. I mean, nobody says, hey, let's, uh, I really just need to, I'm going to light up the house. We need some more brightness in here. Let's turn this light on. Now let's put a bowl over it. And Jesus teaching about light is clear and it's pure. Again, it penetrates. It reveals. It guides us. And the beautiful thing about light, this is what I love about it, is, uh, is, is it creates something. We're going to talk about this in a minute. Uh, but in his absence is darkness. Darkness is not a thing we can create. That is the natural state of the world, right? If you go into a room that is four walls and no windows and a door, you don't have to go get your dark bulb to make it dark. That's the natural state. And when I said earlier that Christ is teaching us that the church is for the earth, absent the church... Evil runs rampant in this world and darkness is its natural state. Absent us being the light as a group, as individuals, there's darkness that fills the void. In this room right now, we've got all kinds of lights going on. I mean, I got this big bright thing in front of me. We got lights up on the ceiling. Uh, we got these kind of uh, you know, fancy cool lights that are hanging down from the ceiling. You turn all these off and darkness fills the void. We as a church have to strive to be the light, the city on the hill for our community, to share goodness, to share the gospel of Christ, to get the message out, uh, to tamp back the darkness, to push it back through Christ in us. We've tried to do that as a church. We've tried to be a, a light to the community. Uh, we've you know, tried to use our space that way. We've tried to live out our faith that way through our different outreaches and things um, that we've done. He finishes up. He says, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Can we be like that? This final verse uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, uh, he really, uh, so the first two parts were uh, statements about our identity. It's not got to behavior yet. He just told us who we were and what we're like. He says, you're salt of the earth and you're the light 
of the world. Salt, and we found out that salt without taste is useless. A light that is hidden or covered is useless. And many things in our life will cover up our light, right? It could be, uh, it could be, you know, sin that's gotten to our life. It could be selfishness. It, it, it could be anything that is against the will of God. Um, it could be that we're just quiet about it, that we're sh- afraid to share it. And I've been there. I've been in rooms of people that totally did not believe in Christ. Maybe not even in God. And I've been scared to share my faith. I'm thankful now my roots are so much deeper and much more confident in who he is. But that type of fear can dim our light. He goes on in verse 16. He's moved on from you are salt, you are the light of the world, you are my church. Then he goes on to give us some direction. 5.16 says, in the same way, let your... Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I want you to take just a pause right here and think about this. When you meet someone... You can't see what they believe. Right? You can't look at them and be like, oh, this is their theology and this is the doctrine and denomination they are just by looking at them, right? The same is true for you. When people look at you, they don't just look at you and see that you are a Christian, that you are a believer, that, 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 you, that the gospel of Jesus doesn't just come together in their mind by just looking at you. They can't. They can't see it. Jesus teaches us here that our light shines through our good deeds. And we're going to talk about this just for a minute because this, this can be a little bit of dangerous uh, grounds because he goes right in Matthew chapter 6. Listen to this, his contrast that he kind of gives here. Matthew chapter 6 verse 1 says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before people in order to be seen by them. Well, that sounds contradictory a little bit. Well, Jesus, didn't you just say in chapter 5, verse 16, in the same sermon, you said, hey, you need to let people see your good deeds. I'm going to talk about it in just a minute. People can't see what you believe, but they see how you live your life. This is why righteousness, this is why virtues, this is why service, this is why heart for neighbor, this is, this is why these things are important. This is why righteousness matters many times it's the only witness people have is your life and if that's true let's take that for a minute and say well okay well what are they deciding about God if all the witness they have is how I'm living my life what do what would what do they think about God These two things that Jesus gets to here, he says, in one verse, he says, uh, uh, in 16, he says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And the other one says, don't just let your righteousness and and, and be out there doing good deeds, but there's two different outcomes, right? There's what he's talking about here. Guess what? The heart. Motivation. When he's talking in 516, he says, your motivation is what? 
to glorify your Father in heaven. Now here's where we get trapped up, tripped up. It's chapter 6, verse 1. He says, don't do it just to be seen by other people. Now, we've all got a little piece of that, this motivation. Why do we go volunteer at you know, the community kitchen? Why do we volunteer at the closet? Why do we volunteer for the food ministry? Why do we serve in the youth ministry? Why are we involved in these different things? Why do we give our time? Is it to be seen? Or is it to give glory to God? So the real question is why? Why are we giving? He's getting to it again, where, yeah, make a difference, but you can actually make a difference and help people for the wrong reasons. Boy, this just keeps getting deeper in the way that Christ is digging into our hearts and saying, just reminding us over and over, you cannot do this on your own. He's digging deeper and deeper into our hearts and saying, yeah, you helped, but why? Because you, sometimes you can help for selfish uh, reasons. Why did you buy the person's meal behind you this week? Why did you take a meal to your neighbor? Why are you doing these things? So I just want to settle on that for a minute and think about your heart. Sometimes, what does righteousness just to be seen look like? Uh, there, there's, there's really a... a Two different things that I'll, I'll say around that. Listen, we've all got a piece of this. We've all got some of this in us. Um, that uh, that, that the, the first reason sometimes we'll do good and help people is out of guilt. True? Not true? Yeah, sometimes we do that. Sometimes we just feel so bad. Somebody says, hey, will you babysit the kids this weekend? And in your heart, you're like, No. But with your mouth, you say, sure, I think we can work it out. Because you don't want to let them down. You realize they've asked you and you want to help. But really, you're just doing it to appease them. You're just doing it to be seen. You're just doing it because of what they might think or do, not necessarily to give God the glory. We had one time... um, and some people, they, they just don't feel guilty. They just they don't want to help at all. We, we had one time, uh, we, were, we had this person that was going to, uh, we were getting ready to go on vacation. We were going to be gone for a week, and we had somebody that was going to uh, dog sit for us. They were going to take our dog, um, and they, they, we were leaving like on a Sunday morning, I think. And uh, we'd message them Saturday. They said they would watch him. Uh, and so we thought, all right, that's good. And, and we tried, we were on the other end of this. Some of y'all, this is how you work people. You're manipulators. You make people feel guilty. We try to do that a little bit here. Uh, but that's not the right way to do it. But this person has said they'd, they'd babysit our dog or dog sit it. And as the evening grew later and later, like, they were sending us all these questions like, where does he sleep? Will he sleep in this bathroom? And they were texting us pictures of the bathroom. Like, yeah, he'll sleep in his crate every night. He's great at night. You can put him in his crate. You can put him in a small bathroom. He'll sleep all night. Um, and these questions went on and on, all the way down to, hey, when, when he goes to the bathroom, does he hike or squat? I've never heard anybody ask that question when they were getting ready to dog sit. And so we were like, this is getting later and later. We're supposed to leave the next morning. We're not knowing what we're going to do. Until this later and later, like 2 in the morning, we finally got a message from it that said, I think we'll wait till next time. <laughs> and so they didn't end up keeping our dog 
but they, they had no guilt about it. They had no commitment, no feeling of, of saying, wow, we're really putting these people in a hard place. They really didn't think about us. Hey, we're all, we've all been there. We've all been there. The second way that we can do this uh, is, is righteousness just trying to be seen is just to feel good about ourselves. Is to think we want to be a good person. I went and volunteered. Somebody recognized me and said, you did a good job, and it validates the fact that we think we're a good person. Now, we've all got some of that. I think as a, a leader and volunteer coordinator, uh, it's always great to recognize people and say we thank God for them. We thank God for what he put in their heart to do and for their obedience in that. In our hearts as the volunteer, as the servant, we need to be often, we need to be honored, we need to be willing to do it without recognition, uh, not looking to make ourselves be better. Just because God has changed our hearts so much, we want to serve and we want to give. Look at this, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 6. Where does this light come from? There's really two sources of light right for our planet. Uh, if you look at large sources of light, uh, during the daytime we have the sun, and in the evening and the night we have the moon. These are dynamically different. Sometimes we get confused about ourselves and think of us as the sun. That's when we get self-righteous. That's the Pharisee that thinks, man, I've done so much good. Validate me. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. God should like me. I did something good today. I didn't do anything bad today, anything really bad today. I just did this one little thing. I think God likes me more today than he did yesterday. I've created this goodness of my own. That's when we try to be the son. But we find here in this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness. That is the creator. When he created the earth, he said, let light shine out of darkness. He created the sun. He created light. Listen, what else he did? He made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. This says we're like the moon. We take the light from the sun. We take the light from God that shines on our hearts. And out of that, we should reflect. There should be this overflow because of God's mercy and grace on us that it should come out in our deeds. Now, I want to just share for just a second before we prepare to kind of wrap this up and say that um, uh, you've met the overzealous people, right? The ones that, um, you know, they do a good deed and then somebody says, well, thank you for doing that. And the response is, oh, it was Jesus. Jesus did it. Or, you know, yeah, I babysat. It was all the Holy Spirit. I mowed your yard today. God told me that Jesus said, Jesus mowed your yard today. And what we find that Jesus is teaching us here is that we don't always have to connect those dots for people. Is that the, the good deeds and works that overflow out of this abundance of appreciation and, of, and being poor in spirit and, being, being, and having a, a, a mournful spirit, a, a compassion, a merciful spirit. The good deeds that overflow out of that just by their very nature have a different character. 
have a different approach and reach and touch people in different ways. You don't always have to connect the dots. It has a different feel and people will know. They see your motivation. They see us when we care, when we're helping because we care, not just because it makes us feel better. I want you to imagine the current challenge that uh, we're in here as a community, as individuals, um, and imagine it absent the church, absent the, the salt of the earth and the light of the world. The truth is, maybe our building is not so much the light of the world, the place that people can come to, but rather the heart of each and every one of you in your communities, in your homes, in your neighborhoods can make all the difference for somebody. I think what God is calling us to here is this, this question, do we care? And this is the one that's been burdened on my heart all week long, is do they know it? Now this is really uh, I don't want to get us to the ground of like, hey, I need everybody in the church to go out and do good things for people because that's what God says to do because there's lots of groups out there, lots of organizations that are going to do good things for people. But without the heart, without the depth, without the spiritual connection to their maker, it doesn't push back Darkness. In the world, um, it's not odd to find people that want to help one another, but for our, our Christian family, it's about what motivates us to help other people. Because when we're helping other people, we don't come saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all holy, I'm a Christian, you're not, you need to be more like a Christian, you need to be more like us, you should be better. We come in this spirit of saying, I'm broken, and you're broken. But see, I, I, I've, I met this healer. I was hungry and thirsty. And I felt somebody who fed me and brought me water. I was dead in my trespasses. I was broken. And I found someone who gave me a new life. I had a heart of stone that, that God penetrated. And changed. So I'm broken. I'm not coming to tell you how to get broken. I just want to point you to Jesus. I want to point you to the one who healed me, the one who fed me, the one who gave me uh, you know, water that I will never, living waters that I will never thirst again. As we wonder in your own life, maybe, maybe you've never professed faith in Christ and we see here we get this example as a difference maker from the greatest example the world has ever known. Could Jesus ask after his resurrection in these 33, this, this life I've lived, did I make a difference? The beautiful thing is when you make a difference now, for somebody, it spreads. 
they begin to make a difference. It's contagious. Maybe more contagious than COVID and the coronavirus. When we love and we care and we have the right motivations, we find that the difference that Jesus made there in that community is poured over to generation after generation all the way to us here in our lives and our families now. And it will continue to live on till Christ comes back. Let's all be a difference maker. That's where I want to end this morning is let's be the salt of the earth. Let's be the light of the world. Let's let others see our good deeds. But in seeing them, let them know Let them find out about the glory. Let God get the glory of the Father above. Ask your question today, this week. Where can I make a difference? Because I care. I want to make sure that they know. God, we thank you for this time together. We thank you. God, that we've seen this and testimonies that have come through our church who have said, my my husband, I've begged him to go to church for years and he's never gone. He's been coming here six months. I'm seeing him change. I'm seeing the love that people are pouring out on him, the caring, the thoughtfulness, the lack of the judgment. Lord, this attitude, this approach that says, not what I'm doing as a pastor, but what our people are doing, the way that they're loving people is changing families and changing lives. God, I know you can take these words and these moments and this time and spread them. God, I pray that it would spread this, this, this attitude, this approach of having Christ-centered love in our hearts, to know that we need nothing else in our life Uh, But Jesus, to know that we're safe because you promised you'd never leave us, you'd never forsake us. That in this world, as darkness begins to maybe try to take over, God, we can be the light of the world. Maybe not the big lighthouse as a church in Pikeville, but Lord, as these small lamps all across our community. Let us reflect your love, your truth. And we know lives will be changed Because your grace and your love would give us the faith to trust in that. Let's be here for one another. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're going to finish with a song this morning, a song called Nothing Else. In the middle of this song is uh, what I love is this moment of repentance, this moment that says, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've just gone through the motions and this is a song from this person, their heart to God. I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. God, I'm sorry, yeah, I've done good in my life and there's times I've done it for the wrong reasons. I pray you just change my heart today. God, I never want to point people to me. I want to point people to you. God, give us the strength, give us the vision, the wisdom to be that for our community this week. Hope you enjoy this song uh, as we wrap this up and conclude our service this morning. Again, remember, 
we will probably be joining this way again next week. Feel free to use our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group, New Beginnings Fellowship Church, where we can communicate with one another, where we can share prayer requests, where we can, we can share testimonies, where maybe we can do some devotionals and studies together. Um, so if you're not a part of that group, New Beginnings Fellowship Church, we have a page, and then we have a group. We encourage you to get uh, involved and be a part of that group and community, online community, where we can, where we can be there for one another. Um, we may just, I may just jump on and, and, and do some uh, live streaming Wednesday night, and we just, as a community, get together uh, online and, and share what's happening in life. Um, so be a part of that group. Stick with us through this song. I pray it'll bless you. Uh, if you need us, you can reach us on our website. Um, you can reach me uh, by email, by phone, Facebook message, all those pieces. If you need us, we're here. You can reach us. Um, let us know how we can help. Don't forget the do-for-ones. If you know a specific person that needs help, we can't do for everybody. We can't help everybody. We can't solve all the problems. But we can take one at a time and make a difference and be a difference maker for Christ. When light exists, when salt exists, it makes a difference. Let's be that. Thank you all. God bless.